Say it because it was said for me. You were thinking it. And if you were wondering, they're still not hot. They are, <laughs> and they're about to get sold. Not the Cowboy Studio. The Cowboy Studio. <gasps> it's going bye bye because they're 120s, and we can't do the 120s in the new, the new place. In the Poland man land. In the Poland man land. We can't do the 120s. I feel like... What was the voltage there? 220, two I think. What is it in the States? 120, it's just like here. Same in Canada. It's kind of a North American thing. Okay. Yeah. Just like when you go to China and then you go to other parts of Asia, you get the same plugs, except for Hong Kong. Hong okay. Kong has special plugs because its plugs come from England. And that's why they have that big giant nasty plug because England has that big giant nasty plug. Will we have to use that in gold? Don't know. Don't think so. I can always ask, but I don't think so. I don't think they used the big nasty. Hmm. You know, the plug that came with all of our eye stuff yeah. <laughs> that we never used yeah. until we went to Hong Kong. Right, I used it lots when I was in Hong Kong. Okay. Do you have a list? I think I do. I want to keep it short. This is our last new podcast until we get to Poland. Got that? Last new podcast until You're we crazy. get to Poland. Well, we kind of need to get the stuff down. We need to get everything packed up. We need to get all the boxes and then we need to figure out how we're going to get all of the boxes that are being shipped to ship them. But we need to know what that is. And we have to have time to have it be shipped. So, or at least have somebody come and schedule them and all that good stuff. So if we're running right up to the day, that'll be no good. And the stuff behind me is stuff that is for sale for the most part. Almost everything behind us, except for our suitcases is for sale and then we have everything over there that what is we, what have we for sold go what have we sold already yeah i know the printer and the rug and the the pillows the red pillows the what was the one thing we took what else out? did we sell a yes, planter box a planter box yes giant shelf. shelf this table yes the shelf. shelf the heater someone's picking that up today the Daddy's bag. Uh, we, we've sold a lot of stuff. No, right? you've sold a lot I, of stuff. I'm the seller. <laughs> you are the, you're the buyer and the seller. <laughs> you're the buyer. No. You I'm buy not a lot buyer. of stuff. No. I bought the stuff when we needed me to buy the stuff. Yeah. That has been transferred over to you. 
Yeah, somehow the your Amazon stuff stuff from your Amazon account comes to my my name now. And I don't know. Because you have taken over. Mm. Roll the intro. Small dent into what is. Well, you should not. probably schedule until maybe the 18th because we don't know what the inter the internet situation is going to be like. When oh, we, we are. know you're going to make it so that we have internet as soon as we touch down. Probably that was so. You know you're going to do it. Make it so. I already asked. Come on, number one. <sighs> you know that Netflix seems to love Star Trek. They recommend it every single time. The I finished the, the Morgan Freeman God thing. Uh -huh. At the bottom, it was... God, I forgot. Let's see. It was... What's the Star Trek with the black captain? Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. And then it was Tuvok from on Voyager. And there was... Oh, and the Five Bloods. That's what it said. That's what it was recommending to me. That just that's telling right there. I was gonna watch the Five Bloods last night and I didn't watch it. You went to bed really Spike early. Man. You went to bed really early last night. And got up at five. Wow. So, so that should tell you something. That mezcal put you to sleep. I don't think it was the mezcal because that doesn't usually happen. You didn't even finish it. Oh, I know. I was when I was coming out. You were coming out. Oh yeah. It's it was one of them kind of nights. Oh, yeah, because you were in the bathroom and I was showering. So we got lots of stuff to get rid of. Lots of stuff to sort of do. It's a weird. It's been a weird week because it feels like we need to do something, but then when you walk around, there's nothing to do. But it's like you want to do 
but there's nothing to do. And the things that need to get done, like the high priority get it done now things, are hers. So, there no is pressure. that. There is that. No stress. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you look at my stuff, I, I do need to put some things in boxes, but that's going to happen probably today and tomorrow, because once all of the hot lights and everything get <laughs> taken down, then I will box up all the other stuff, because basically, the hot lights and the, all the other things go in boxes that are now over there. So, it's like I got to break all this down. That's what is waiting over there to get put away. And then after that, we've already taken the pictures and the things have been posted by the Garen for, the, for those other shoppers out there in the world. Your folk, your folk that find deals. We are now the deal makers instead of the deal finders. So, do you got anything for this week? I do have a list. Go ahead. Do your thing. I don't need to start every week. I don't really have that much anyway. So um, I'll drink coffee. Hopefully we look better too. Well, I, I kind of made the a change. podcast. I, I, made a, I made a bit of a change. Anybody who knows video knows what I'm trying to do right now. They understand what I'm doing. Is different from content? Uh, no. I know nothing about video. I know. It's yeah. like, why did you even Focus. say anything? No. It's the motion blur. And our motion blur should actually look better today. Which, of course, should then just make everything look better. Because that's how that works. That's not how that works. Karen, hit it. Okay, so... I've been having this issue with... In, in Mexico in general. You've been having an issue with Mexico? Well, this particular one. <laughs> it, not with Mexico. Well, maybe it is with Mexico. Oh, boy. Um, but it's... We are taught that you give someone a name and you call them by their name and their name is important. You're not back on the Karen thing. No. This is, no. I think she's back on the Michelle thing. Well, no. It's even worse now. Yeah, give us, tell us, so, man. When, we, when I was in the hospital or anytime I would go to a doctor's appointment, they would call me Michelle. Even when I, it doesn't matter where I go now, they call me Michelle because Michelle is my middle name. Is that really why, though? I don't know why they do it. My name is Karen. My middle name is Michelle. And they call me Michelle, even though... But how is it written on the document? Karen Michelle. It says Karen is okay, first. Okay, tell me this. If they do last name first, mm -hmm. family name first... This is always an issue in Spanish-speaking places. Like Latin America. Family name first... Then what is next? Your first name. No, no, no. Not the way we think of no, it. No, On the documents here in Mexico. Their first name. So, so it should say, Far, Karen, Michelle. Yes, and they call me Michelle. But then that leads me to believe that that is the wrong order. 
Well, when I have my class list, it will have mother's name, father's name, their first name, their middle name. And which one do you call them by? Their first name. It, it just seemed that way because I was being called Maurice and it, it, but they couldn't say it, of course. Of course they couldn't say it. So, <laughs> but that, but I had the same thing. So I'm wondering is, are our names being put in the wrong spot in the form and that's okay. why people are calling you I by can, the middle. I can understand in a situation like a doctor's appointment or whatever, but when you correct them and say, my name is Karen, they shouldn't continue to call you Michelle. So, when I teach, I I prefer the students to call me Mrs. Farr. That's my preference. For some reason, it is now the norm for students to call their teachers by their first name, Miss Blah Blah Blah. You said for some reason. What? Our children called their teachers that. What are you talking about? In their school, they called, they did that. Oh, not in the elementary school. Tell me one. What did you call your teachers? Nope. Well, they do in the, they did in the public schools. Okay, but they didn't in in our school. That was and like a normal thing. That's what I was saying. It's, no. It's, it's so, a change, okay. a cultural change. I'm, I'm not saying it's only Mexico that does this, because they do it all around the world. Especially with foreign teachers. Well, yeah, teachers. but they're following. Right. I, I would say they're following Western culture and how teachers relate to students. They're not leading. In right. The, in that so idea. I prefer to be called Mrs. Farr. Somehow during this time off, my name has gone from Mrs. Farr or Karen to Farr. What a Farr. I don't like that. That's me. That's not my name. No one has ever in my life called me that. Well, and it really not. pisses yeah, me off. You haven't been far for very long. Right. It's only been, what, 17 years? Exactly. No, don't call me that. So, I wouldn't Fop. want to be called Lane. I'm and telling was, you, man. I was Lane. I got four brothers don't even know my first name. That's fine. That's you. You're accepting That's of that. Fine. They only so, know Fop. Last week I was sent some documents with instructions like, like oh you have to do this thing. Thought. <laughs> so they sent the, the instructions and it gave each person something that they were supposed to do. Well, it's all in Spanish, so of course I translate it. And I don't see my name anywhere. There's no Karen on the thing. There's no Mrs. on the thing. So I figured I don't have to do this, right? So I send an email to the coordinator and say, hey, I don't see my name on here, so does this mean I don't need to do anything for this? Because I don't really want to do it. She's like, no, 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 you're the first person. You're the one doing the introduction. And I'm like, what? But my name isn't on there anywhere. So I go back to the Spanish version, and she has written my name as Far. Far. I, all I could do was, I was seething. I was so pissed. Like, why would you take my identity and completely wipe it away I don't I don't understand nobody the entire school year has called me this ever it's never been written on a document like this ever 
the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, this just shows you how unimportant I am as an individual to this person. But your given name is Fa, it's and then her. your middle name is Karen, and your family name is Michelle. I'm gonna need an inhaler before this is over. It really sets me on fire. Like, I cannot stand it. And so I was talking to the other um, American teacher and I was saying to her, this really pisses me off. And she's like, well, they call me by my last name. And I said, do you, do you enjoy that? Is that something that's okay with you? And she's like, yeah, my students in the States used to do it when I worked at the, the boarding school. And I said, Okay, so this is something you accepted years and years ago. How would you feel if instead of them calling you by your first name, they called you by a nickname they thought would be more appropriate? And she's like, no, I hate it when they do that. Because her name is long, and so they shorten it. And she hates it. And she, no, but I guess I don't... She tells them all the time, please don't call me that. That's not my name. But which, I mean, what? Is this really a hill to die on? I mean, really? Is this really? I think it just shows. Why is this really important? Because there's so many other things that are are. Ah, here's the importance. Much more important to you as a teacher. This is a. It's when? an annoyance, but it's not. Doesn't seem so important. It's like learning. Fix it. It's like it's like it's like if somebody pronounced your name incorrectly and they kept doing it and you kept fixing it. I would say over time, eventually, they would get it if you were there long term. Okay, so this isn't the first time we've I've had this particular issue. Usually the problem is that they call me Miss Karen. I hate that more than anything, especially to my students. Have Miss Karen, blah, blah, blah. Don't, they aren't allowed to call me Karen. That's, for them, I'm Mrs. Farr. I will always be Mrs. Farr. So... Last year, there was a situation where we had to line the kids up after recess and they would call the class by, you know, whoever was ready. And it was my coordinator. Instead of calling me Mrs. Farr, she called me Miss Karen. And I just looked at the kids and I said, we're not moving until she can use my name correctly. She can use all of your names correctly, but she can't use my name correctly. And one of the kids said, that's because she doesn't like you. So, so, you're showing publicly to everyone around how you feel about me by not using my name correctly. Yes, but see, that's... She, this was the end to, of the year, so it wasn't like she didn't know. That, to me, that kind of disrespect, that's, now, that, now you're talking about a cultural problem. And that's what I feel like this is, in this particular situation... This was a sign of disrespect when there should have been none. I haven't done anything to this woman. I haven't even had many interactions with this woman. What are you woman. talking about? You got blonde hair and blue eyes. So does she. Well, sort of blonde hair. Definitely blue eyes. So does she. What does that matter? I don't like you. I don't give a fuck if she likes well, me. Well, I mean, but that, I, that no matters. That's what you were just saying that she was expressing her dislike of you. But I don't know why at you least would be disrespect. dis it doesn't disrespectful matter. towards me when I've done nothing to be disrespectful I towards you. I don't think you. you understand. You don't have to do anything. Well, you're a woman. She's a woman. You could just, you know, have had, had him open toe shoes or something. And that's I can have bigger titties and that's enough. Anything. Anything. I don't. 
You don't have to do anything. You can just be. I, and that's all I've done is just be. I've not done anything. That In that instance, that's something that then has to be worked out with the personal relations. And if I cared, I would say something to her. If I cared about what she thought. But I do not understand. I don't understand this name situation. If someone says to you, I would prefer to be called blah, blah, blah. Call them that. Now they're gonna start calling you Karen. Where? The teachers can call me Karen. Oh. That's acceptable. They're adults. They're my peers. A child yes, cannot call gonna, me that. They're not gonna mean your name now. Nope. Yeah, well, fuck you. <laughs> fuck them too. That shit is not funny. <laughs> it is really funny. It is not really funny. funny. You know what's funny? Getting mad about it. That's funny. I think I get And then mad now people are going to poke you just like your own friend did. Wow. They're gonna, see, they're going to poke you because they know you and you're taking it seriously and they're going to keep it going but I think because it's funny. It's not funny because it really does have real life. It, like Not here. Not for us. It does. Not in this particular it's situation. On Facebook maybe. But no, 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 no. Know. For us in the world, it really is not going to Really? Yeah, because where we're going, when they found out that a, a person was named Karen and was going to be a coordinator, they did nothing but dog the woman and so much she didn't end up coming. Yeah, no, but that's, isn't that... That's so uh, petty and If childish. that person was going to be a manager, then they should have been able to manage... You know what I mean? Well, I mean, why would you walk there into is, a hostile environment There is like that? petty and childish, and then there's how you deal with petty and childish. You know what I'm saying? But if why you, as a you person walk, would you want to walk into a, an environment you manager. already know that's hostile? If you're a manager, every environment can be hostile. Every every interaction can be hostile in dealing with other adults, uh, dealing with parents. If you can't deal with that, then you damn sure shouldn't be a coordinator. I mean, you shouldn't be. That's what you do. It's like your main thing is dealing with teachers, then dealing with parents, and dealing with students. If you can't deal with that, and you can't deal with some somebody just kind of poking fun at you like that, then you shouldn't be in that position. I mean, there is. I mean, there is the how you deal with people at work and you're their manager and how you deal with just people like say on Facebook. Yeah. That that's a totally different thing. I mean, you can fight fight all you want with those people on Facebook. But when it comes to work and it comes to dealing with other other adults in your field and then you walk in and you can't do your job, man, yeah. please then yeah. you should not be here. You ain't ready. You ain't ready for this kind of responsibility. No. Because when I walk in it is I mean it's 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 a totally different thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, you you tend to take on that persona of that authority, that person that is going to take control. And it's a totally different thing. It's not like you don't sheepishly walk into that situation. Right. You know what I mean? It's not, it's just not the same thing. So... That, 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 that's just like a, a, when people come into their classroom and they, they, they come in on their belly, so to speak. They, yeah. You know, like the scared puppy. They come in and, and it's like, no, nah, they, 
students will eat you alive. You yeah, they will. And starting tiny. And I walk in, and I walk in, I might already be there when they get there, and I've already said good morning to everybody and all that kind of stuff, but as soon as it's time for shit to start, usually the way that begins is the door slams. I close the door. But it's the door closes a little bit harder than just closing the door. Yeah. Because now it's begun. It's just a, it's a, a an auditory indication. <laughs> indication that whatever you're doing now, it has just ended. Yeah. You know. And I do it all the time, and it's not even anger or anything like that. It's just a, a, a thing to mark the time of you coming in and talking to your friends and hanging out and all that kind of stuff to the time where it's Work it's is now going to start because we don't have a, most of the schools that we've been in. There's no bell. There's right. no there's no line of demarcation for the students. It's just teachers starting to talk, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, you either gonna talk louder than them, Please shut up the water, talk louder than them, and, and and yell on top of them to get them to go, or you're going to have to do something else. And I just choose to make it the door, but. Like I said, after that, then it's, I'm in control of this space. And a lot of students, when I was teaching, it would scare them. Because it would be like, this, what the hell is going on here? Right, you know, is he all, angry? But no, this is, this is where we are. It's business, it's, this is our business. And once you, once they got used to it, after the first couple weeks or whatever, then all of a sudden it's like, the door closes, we begin. Right. And it's understood. The door closed, we begin. And then sometimes, a lot of times, what would happen is sometimes throughout that lesson, the door would open again. Right. Let in air, maybe we walk around outside. There's all kinds of other stuff that can happen, but I, you know, I, I, I make that my thing. So I'm not yelling. Because I don't want the first thing that they hear is me yelling at them. Right. I should use but you won't be teaching anymore. That might be awesome. Mr. Clark, you, you are, you're no longer teaching. I know. Which is fine. I'm totally okay with that. Well, I'll be teaching. I just won't be teaching Student. younger students. I'll be teaching teachers. Which is what you're really good at, too. I'm good at teaching. I know. I don't care who it is. I know. Two-year-olds. Somebody actually it's said. Sixty-five-year-old. I went off on a I'll rant this week. Um, it's true. And I just—I was laying out all this, these facts and information, and said to me, "Wow, you really know a lot about this." And I said, "I live with a teacher, and he's taught me a lot over the last twenty years. I should know, and if I don't, I'm in trouble." You are. Yeah, this is stuff that we've talked about for years and years and years. Oh, okay. What's on your list? Uh, I don't have much. Um, I wrote on here, I think this happened last week. There was a story about um, different companies supporting and pledging money towards 
protesters' causes that are people that are protesting now, like Black Lives Matter and all these other different groups. And um, I thought it was interesting that it's not just places like Microsoft Corporation, but it's these gaming. Yeah. Gaming companies like Xbox, Naughty Dog, Insomniac, Warner Brothers, Bethesda, they're also Square Enix, Ubisoft, big names giving money to these things and not just giving money but actually creating a fund to help publish games created by black developers. What the hell? <laughs> Maybe this they is, have scholarships this is for your, black This is your not-so-soft reminder. So, yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, that, that in a space that black folks really kind of don't, aren't really talked about or seen much in, especially gaming. A lot of black gamers out there. It would be like excluding Chinese people from gaming. You know what I mean? I mean, they're 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 playing a lot of games and they're developing games and they're, you know, they have ideas for different kinds of games. You wouldn't exclude Chinese people, Korean people, you know, hello Tencent, but or Korean and black folks are are kind of absent. I, I mean, I think that they're there, they're in the those different shops, but they're you don't see them, you don't know about them. It's almost like the black filmmakers. You don't get to see them. You don't get to know about them. You don't get to make a choice about the media based on, oh, this is done by black folks. You hear their voices, actors are there. You're hearing them, but it's it's not, you know, as far as like these companies, uh, I would say that black folks are if they're not underrepresented, which I believe they are, but I have no proof over at this moment, but I do believe they are underpublished. Like, we don't see them. We don't know they're there at all. And now we're starting to get games. The Spider-Man, which has got Miles in it. Miles Morales, baby. And, yeah, Spider-Man. you know, you're getting the, what's the other one? The one where the time the man and the woman are fighting each other. And that game has two black protagonists. They're fighting each other. And so, I mean, it's... We're starting to see it, I, I would say, a little bit more. You're starting to get more uh, women. And women have the same problem when it comes to the gaming industry. And it's... it's I think it's good that they're... Also thinking about that. this because it shouldn't be just black folks it should be we are making games that are that in the game the games are <laughs> representing all kinds of people yeah. from you playing candy crush in the corner while the zombie candy. apocalypse is happening outside i don't think play candy crush too let's hear that what happens you doing that and all the way up to, you know, the people that are playing competitive, you know. Esports. Yeah. You know. They, they, 
they're all there. They're all represented in this space. Why are they not all being a part of it? You know what I mean? When you think of Apple, how many women do you think of? None. See what I'm saying? That, 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 that shouldn't be. And, you know, you think of Apple, how many black folks you think of? None. You see? You think of Microsoft, how many Indians do you think of? I don't know. Really? I think the guy that runs Microsoft is Indian. <laughs> I have no clue. So I'm just saying, I mean, it's, I, you, you could take any of these companies and maybe you know a couple of the, the main developers, but you don't know the people behind the scenes. You get the names and the credits, but you don't know what those people look like or where they came right. from. So it's like you they while they are there, we don't know they're there. And it I think it's important for everybody to be saying maybe what they should do is stop rolling credits and start rolling credits with photos. Right. So we can see the teams and see what they're uh, I know Spike Lee did this in um Mobetta Blues, where photos accompanied the names. Now, I didn't connect them, but you could see photos as the names scrolled through. And that's probably something that should happen because if I'm a, if I'm a lesbian woman, I want to know that lesbian women worked on this thing that I, I may enjoy because guess what? Like Life is Strange, there might be lesbian women in the game. And it's not fair that that if they're going to be represented, whose voice is helping develop those characters, helping develop their dialogue, you know, are they really representative of that particular group? And that's where that's kind of what we're getting to now. We're thinking about these things like if, if you thought about it like a writer's room for a show, right? You're almost saying, and I just saw this somewhere, where they were trying to get someone that represented every single group. What was it? Oh, that was the, it was the, the show about the video game, the show that I told you to watch. Oh, I can't remember. It's on Netflix now, and I can't remember it. It's a show about a video game, Mystic something. Mystic Quest? Yeah, maybe. Mystic Kingdom? No, I think it might be Mr. Quest. That game, or that TV show, that Netflix show, they have a a moment where they try to, as a gaming company, have someone from every group out there represented in their meeting about what they were doing. And they found out that they, they basically couldn't achieve it. But the attempt... The idea that you bring people in, I mean, you know, that's kind of important. We're kind of at that point now where exclusion might mean lower sales. Yeah. So maybe it's time that these companies start looking at the teams that they've assembled and who is being excluded and how do we get them into our team, excuse me, so that they can... They can be um, valued by everybody else on that team and seen as of value. 
not only to the company, but to, to the team members. Yeah, something to think about. All right, what else you got over there? Um, <clears throat> I'm on a group that is for... You be on a group? You I, should really be okay, in a I'm group. in a group. I am channeling my inner Seinfeld right now. I've been watching I'm lots of Seinfeld. I'm in a group that is for... <laughs> Black-owned business owners or black-owned businesses criteria is they have to be half black-owned. Half. A minimum of half. Okay. Like, like Fufu. Like if both partners, if there are two partners in the business, at least one partner has to be black. So anyway, in, in this group, they were asking for um, small business owners to post their links to their websites or their Etsy stores or whatever it was they had so that other black uh, members could then support them. And so here's this really long list of all these businesses all over the, all over the country. Um, and here comes Kristen. That is her name. I'm not calling her something else. That is her name. She's not Karen. She's not. She's Kristen. Who is a real estate agent. I'm not really sure how she got into the group, but she's a real estate agent and she was upset that there were all these comments about supporting black businesses and it shouldn't be about your color. It should be about how the person treats you individually. And we can't call her Karen. No, her name is Kristen. She's a white woman. And I'm, I'm reading her comment and I'm like, oh my God, if anybody's ever wondered what white privilege looks like, this is it. Bitch, you are in the wrong place to be whining about not getting representation. representation. Shut the fuck up. Remove yourself from the group. Remove yourself from the conversation. You don't belong here. This is not a place for you to whine. And I actually said to her, this is not your space to whine about not getting what you want, not getting representation. You're a white woman. We're represented all over the place. I know, but why did she... The whole idea of the group was... To support black businesses. More black businesses getting, getting out there, getting known. Why did she think that was an appropriate place to have that conversation? Well, I don't know. She said, I'm a black ally. Bitch, no, you are not. You're an opportunist. <laughs> She's saying I'm an ally, but I don't think that y'all should have your own space. We've been dealing with that since every right. time every time we did a thing, somebody else will come in and say, y'all shouldn't have your own. You should include everybody else. It's like, but... We only created our own because you excluded us from yours. And here, I'm just sitting there like, oh my God. Out of, there were probably, I don't know, four or 500 comments at this point when I saw hers. And I'm like, uh, how dare you? Like, bitch, who are you to come into this space? Just, just say it. You wanted to call her. No, I call her Kristen because that is her name. Um, but I'm just like, I can't believe. And, and it was really interesting to see 
that that comment had been sitting there for some hours before I said anything. And as soon as I did, others started making comments underneath, like, you know, she's right, you shouldn't be whining here because no matter what, you're white. Yes, you're a woman, but white women are still above black men if it comes to a job. And she had the nerve to get bitchy. I was like, woman, you have to go. Somebody asked her, why are you here? Right. That's why what I was are saying. you in this situation? Why are you in this group? This is not a place for you. And she said, it was a, it's an opportunity to show that I'm a, a black ally and, and that, or I'm a white ally and that I support black businesses. And everybody just said, but you don't. It's clear that you don't. You're whining that your business right, can't be represented in this thread. Yeah, that was like that was like that that um, black women's retreat thing uh-huh. a while ago, and all these white women were like, "Well, why can't we go?" It's reverse racism. It's like it literally in the title it says for black women, but that's always been it's always been that way that. Um, if you do if you do something if white folks do something and exclude other groups of people whoever they are then it's this is okay to do and then as soon as they are excluded in anything it's oh it's reverse racism it's like but that's just not how that works no you, you can't have both things exist at the same time. And black folks have been saying this forever. Nope. You know, it's like you just can't, you know, I mean, even going back to going to church. I remember even in the 80s, it wasn't even a thing that you could do. And you're of the same religion. And you still couldn't go from, I you re- couldn't cross that line. So I remember going to a black church for the first time on my own. Not with a husband, not with a family member. Like, I went on my own. And I was looked at the entire time. And finally, at the end of the service, I was getting ready to leave. And someone asked me, why are you here? And I said, because I'm more comfortable here. And they said, okay. So the next time I went, I still got looks. But that person came and sat next to me. And it was that way for a month. Like every time I went, I would get looks. And finally a friend came with me and then I was fine. But the first thing that I was asked was, why are you here? I wasn't greeted. There wasn't a hello or good morning or whatever it was. It's why are you here? That's what you are infiltrated. Yeah. I mean, black folks are used to being infiltrated. Yeah. But. (laughs) By whomever. COINTELPRO, the FBI, CIA, the repo man, the police. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We're just used to being infiltrated. So the question is not going to, it's never going to be, hi, we're happy that you're here. It's never going to start that way. Not anymore. Not anymore. Because that's how it used to start. Hi, how are you? Welcome. Nope. We're so glad to see you. No, 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 no. I didn't get Black one folks, of those. Black folks hit that shit. It's like, no, 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 motherfucker. Where you, why are you yeah. even being here? Why, why what are did you, you come here? in here for? 
And now we have more reason because we got white folks coming into our things, killing the people inside. Yeah. So, hello, South Carolina. Yep. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. The show we were talking about was a Mythic Quest Raven's Myth- Banquet. Mythic Apple TV. Apple TV Plus. Apple TV. Apparently one of the characters in that show is one of the main characters in Life is Strange and Horizon Zero Dawn and Borderlands 2 and Attack on Titan and a bunch of other games and shows. It's a good show. It's fine. Yesterday that you were watching the preview for that was like a Monty Python type something with Vikings. Norsemen. That looked funny. Which is supposed to be like a comedy. It was. It, it came out in 2015, something like that. It's it's not new. It just reminded me of Monty Python the way their humor was, and I really enjoyed that. Which is now under scrutiny. Why? For the same reason that uh, Winston Churchill's um, statue today, his statue is under siege. It's 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 basically everything, and the same reason that HBO pulled uh, Gone with the Wind and Confederate statues are being pulled down. Cecil Rhodes is being looked at again. It's it's all the same reason. I'm not saying that they're wrong. Because honestly, they they probably never should have been put up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, one of my <laughs> friends from Skiki said uh, they're like these these statues are like participation trophies. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Because that's what they seem like. They're like the perfect, they're like just big versions of participation trophies because basically, and, and it's funny that, that people from the South are saying this, but it's mostly just black folks, of course. You lost the war, but you still got a statue. That's a participation yeah, trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. Because so many people are so against their kids getting a trophy just for showing up, not for winning. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what everybody that fought under the Confederacy, that's what they got. And they literally have them. I think somebody said there's over, what they say? I want to say 700 statues of Confederate people all over the United States. Everybody gets a participation trophy. Oh, it's so funny to me. That if you started calling them that and stop calling them Confederate statues, I'm sure that even the people that think that they're a good thing would probably not want them no, anymore. Aaron. What? 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 It says across the United States there are an estimated 1,741 public symbols of Confederacy. Well, see, that's public symbols. So you, it's on top of the number I'm probably getting. Because they just said statues. So, okay, 771 statues and monuments. Wow. You started watching Snowpiercer, right? 
Oh yeah, I'm all caught up. It's coming out every week. No, 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 that's the film. The thing that's happening now is happening now. Why would Pennsylvania... Usually things that are happening now are happening. Why would Pennsylvania have two... Statues to Confederate soldiers in Pennsylvania? One in Delaware? One in Maryland? You do know that. I mean, I understand the South. I get it. No, no. Stop. Stop. Gettysburg is in Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, that's but why. There's still Gettysburg. No, no, no. The, the Gettysburg is an entire um, monument to the war. Because both sides lost many thousands of soldiers. Both sides did in, in Gettysburg. You gotta understand that they didn't just fight in the South. I know they didn't just fight in so the then South. Why but why they? would the, in the North they erect a statue to a Confederate? Do you think that everybody in the North was for what Lincoln was talking about, thought the war was a good idea? Well, I'm sure they did not. No, they did not. Most people didn't like Lincoln. Yeah. So I the, mean, they voted the, for him, but they didn't like him. The state with the most is Georgia with 114, and then Virginia with 110. Doesn't Georgia's... I don't know. Didn't... Wasn't... Look up Georgia's state flag. Yes. 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 Uh, if it does, I haven't, seen, the dying I haven't seen him yet. He's got another thing that's Georgia State flag. You got it? Yeah, I guess. You don't, you don't, well, you there's a current there. one, there's an original one, and there's an old one. Right. Which one has the Confederate flag in it? The battle flag. The old one. Right. So they changed it. But I think Mississippi has not changed theirs. I love how we have these two things, two competing ideas going on at one time. You got this one over here talking about the Sean Bean. They have Bean not changed and, it. See? And then she's over there on the, the racial tip. Yeah, but he's also in something that, that is current, I think, on Netflix because it keeps coming up. Um, in my thing, apparently he was in Jupiter. So Sean Bean, you've been watching him die since. The only thing I since, haven't seen him die in was that. Is it Live and Let Die? No. Oh, yes, you do. No. He tried to take the ring from Frodo. What are you talking about? A bunch of times and uh, Sean Bean. The Diane. I don't know their names. You don't know him. You know him. We were just talking about him in Fellowship of the Ring. I don't know actors' names. I'm not sorry about it. You should be sorry. Because you're sorry. Anything else? Well, since we're talking about Confederate flags... Um, now there's lots of different Confederate flags. There's, it's not just one. I found it really. Usually we're talking about the Confederate battle flag. That's the. So this week they've been removing Confederate flags from places like businesses and banning them from 
NASCAR. They can't, they can't wear uh, a Confederate flag or display it in any way at a NASCAR event. Um, they are removing black hair care products from cages in places like Walmart. What do you mean that sounded really, really, really bad. Okay, it's really, really, really bad. If you go into Walmart or Walgreens or CVS or Meyer or lots of different places, well, I've never seen it in Meyer, but in lots of different places, when you go to the hair care aisle, you'll see all the products for white people sitting out on the shelf, fine. But when you need to get a black hair care product, you have to then ask someone to get it out from behind the cage or the plexiglass box or whatever they have it locked up behind because black, black folks, folks steal, steal the hair care products. Black folks steal shit. So Walmart is now removing their hair care products from the cages that they have them in all over the country. Okay, but what does that mean in the store? like? Now I go shopping and what am I going to see? You should see, according to what they said, the hair care products displayed the same as the other hair care products. Out there available for everybody to buy. Yes. Walgreens is really bad for this, too. But most of those companies are white. I know. Oh, so, okay. So what's the problem? I don't know what the well, issue is then. I'm not saying that there's an issue. I'm saying that they are making these changes because of the protests, because of the the Black Lives Matter movement, now these companies are taking these steps that should have been taken years and decades ago, hundred years ago. Flat. Why? Why should they do that? With this one thing, because I'm gonna ask you about something else in a minute. Why should they take these products out of the lockdown state that they're in? If if they're being stolen, like I'm, what I'm saying is, they were justified in putting them in if they were being stolen. But I don't think that they were being stolen. Okay, so you're just not believing that they were being stolen, right? In the first place, right? To warrant putting them right. behind glass. Okay, now, does that mean that in the hood? mostly what I've seen in Detroit. That means that we now need to take down the bulletproof class in all the convenience stores? I wouldn't do that. Wait a minute, now this is the same reason. But those aren't those the store owners who put them up? No, no, they put them up because they're in black neighborhoods because you drive out of the black neighborhoods and they're not there. You drive out into the suburbs of Detroit and they're not there. But they have them in GR. Not like the ones in Detroit. They're not like that. Not at all. And we've got lots of convenience stores in, in Grand Rapids that aren't like that. Because it's an expense and it's a hefty expense. Yeah, they're really thick pieces of and, and to put that little less. turnstile yeah. thing in to do all of your transacting. That, that, no. So should all that come down to? Because what you're saying is, we believe that the people who would buy these products are going to steal them, right? The, that's that's things again. So you're saying that we believe that this is how these people are when they come to our store. 
But then if I've got all this big giant bulletproof plexiglass in my store, I'm also saying that you're going to rob me and I need safety from you while creating a store to service you in your community. So, because I'm sorry, you take a, a person, I don't care how old they are, and that's the that's what they meet yeah. when they go into a store or they get the opposite where it's open and the people are welcoming welcoming when they come in and all of that stuff if you you behave you might behave differently yeah. you cuz you're being treated differently and then when you know the riot comes maybe your store doesn't get burned down right because you never treated the people badly. It, it, it's and it's a, it is a treatment. It's a psychological thing yes. that happens to us when we go into these places in our neighborhoods, in black neighborhoods. Yeah. But if you go out into Sterling Heights, you don't. There's it's not there. Yeah. It doesn't exist. They don't treat white folks that way. They don't automatically assume that they're there to hold them up, even though that the numbers of people committing these crimes are not overwhelming toward black and brown people. Yeah. That's never been the case. I don't remember when the first time I saw something like that, like the, the plexiglass in a, in a convenience store. But I want to say I was a teenager. And I couldn't understand why, but every place I went in that area had them. But I don't remember where I was or how old I was. I just remember thinking... It's a black neighborhood then, because white folks didn't do that. Even in the, the, and I saw this when I worked for Old Kent Bank. Um, the, in Grand Raggedy, you'd go into a, 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 what do they call it? Go into a branch, and you could see the people and say good morning, and you could, you know, talk to someone and you could walk right up to their desk and you could go up to the teller and they had a high thing but there was nothing there connecting no, it right, to the no ceiling glass. so then you could you know you could talk to the people face to face there was no glass there was no microphone there was none of that and you could do your transaction and you walk out you felt fine about what you were doing and why you were there you did the exact same thing in Detroit and it was like you walked into a prison. You'd walk in and see, being an ID, I've got to go in all these places, yeah. and then all of a sudden, now I've got to walk in to a lobby area where the only people in the library lobby area are patrons, and they're all sequestered together, and then to get to the back, you've got to now get buzzed in or have a car yeah. key to walk through a door, to then use it on another door, to walk over to the tellers, and it, it's like you're literally in prison. Right. And I worked for I worked there. Yeah. It's a totally different idea than just being a customer, but the way the customer would feel being in that position of, I've walked in and now I'm not, I'm not trusted to be a just a regular customer. I'm, I'm looked at as a, a threat just by coming to do my banking, my regular business. Yeah. And so, you know, that, I guess that, that idea that 
oh, we put a business in this particular neighborhood, and then all of a sudden, now we have to put up all these other things in order to operate in that neighborhood. But now that we put all those things in, the people are gonna behave differently toward us because you put all that shit in. Yep. Where, as opposed to when you go out to the white neighborhoods and you don't have any of that stuff. You can't tell me they're not being held up. I worked at a, I went to a branch after it had been held yep, up. Yeah, well. You know, in Grand Rapids. Right, there's one in Grand Rapids that gets held up frequently. And it was like basically <laughs> like all women that worked there. Yeah. You know, it's just a small branch in a, a affluent area, but it, it's the one that's always getting held up, but it doesn't have any of the security But the stuff. one in the middle of the city. It's got it. It's got it. And it's been held up once, twice, but Three times a lady. the other one gets held up much more frequently. I don't, I guess if you're going to treat, it, it's like what we do in schools. If you're going to have a public school and have teachers and you're going to treat the students badly and treat them like criminals, you can't be surprised when they start acting like it. Right. You know? Yeah. And we're, we're doing that to people in our neighborhoods we're saying that you're bad people uh-huh and then being surprised when some bad people walk in it's like but that's that was your assumption from the beginning yeah. i remember when we moved into our house in the city and um my sister's like oh you live in such a bad neighborhood you're it's so dangerous you live in the ghetto and aren't you afraid your neighbors are gonna rob you and i'm like we don't live in a bad neighborhood. We know the neighbors. We don't have to worry about them. That knowing the neighbors doesn't mean the neighborhood's not bad. Well, I didn't think our neighborhood was bad. Oh, okay. It was families. But, it was, like I said, that's all neighborhoods. Yeah. There are no single. There are no neighborhoods of single people. But there are neighborhoods of rental properties, and there are neighborhoods. Our of neighborhood was a neighborhood of rental properties. No. Yes, it was. It was more than just it was single family homes of middle class workers. It was a mix. We weren't middle which, class workers well, in our neighborhood. They were low to middle. They they were not middle class. I don't know anybody in that neighborhood that made. Well, there were a couple independent business owners. There were there were people there, you know, people that had decent jobs and families, and you know they they were there. But that's. That's what a neighborhood is, is a mixture of yeah. those people, not all one homogenous group of, say, you know, politicians all in the same area. Right. You know, all white, all families, all buying their homes or, you know, that, that, that's, that's not really that's neighborhood. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's not a, a urban neighborhood. Yeah. That's a suburban neighborhood. Yeah. Unless you're in DC, that is. Um. Okay. What's next on your list? I gotta go. Yeah, it's your turn. I asked this question. It seems kind of moot now. Um. But. I asked, who is telling the police to attack peaceful protesters? President? No, 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 I'm talking. The president does not control the police force. The president doesn't have a police, police force chief? to control. 
So, um... I mean, we saw the video this week of a police chief attacking a peaceful protester. Yes, but I don't understand who would be telling. Is it trainers? Is it, like you said, the police chief, like that hierarchy? Is it us? The, the people who voted for those people in those positions, commissioners and whatever. Who is telling police, the officer on the street, to attack people? Because that seems to, it kind of seems counterproductive. Yeah. Or maybe it's just me. No, I've been saying this for weeks. I don't, I don't understand. I guess what I don't get is I don't get why 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 the training of police officers has not been modified all these years. Because these problems go back to Rodney King. These problems go back to the 19... 70s, 60s, 50s. They go they go back. It's not like they're new. And everybody that's today is all they're all talking like these are new phenomena right. in our cities. And it's like police have been doing this from the beginning. Yep. Of organized uh, police forces. Yeah. So why? And it wasn't just black folks that they were brutalizing before. It was all the different groups, the Irish. The Italian, it the didn't Chinese. matter. The Jew, they, they've been, the Japanese, they've been attacking people in their communities all along. So, why hasn't the training changed? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, Alright, go ahead. Do your thing. I don't get it. Y'all gotta talk to me about that one, because I don't get it. I don't get why, why it's being allowed by regular people outside of police departments, but who are voters, by inside people in, in the departments, training, in the academies. I don't get it. If teachers were doing things like this, they would be pointing their fingers at every school that yep. has teacher training and they'd be telling them that they have to change. Yep. I don't get why is it, why is it that police are allowed to do it? That's actually a, a, a very good point because I remember when I was in third grade, I had an older teacher. She was, I think that was her last year teaching. She was in her 60s. And I couldn't find a word in the dictionary because I didn't know how to spell it. I didn't know where to look. You look it up in the dictionary. And it was you like, don't know how to spell it. it was my third day of school at this school. And I said, excuse me. Can you tell me where to find the word because I don't know how to spell it? And she shook me. You need to know how to spell. You need to look it up on your own. And she's shaking me. Look it up in the goddamn dictionary. She's shaking me because I didn't, I'm a third grader. Not, and I didn't know how to spell this word. And so it's my fault. And she's physically assaulting me. If we did that now as teachers, We'd be fired that minute. Probably. 
And then they, the parents would press well, charges. Put on administrative leave if you're white. Yeah. With pay. And but the parents would file charges for assault. So if our training as educators has to change, why don't the police have to change? And it seems like this is the point where people are saying enough is enough. It has to change. And this isn't just black folks or brown folks. This is a lot of everybody saying things have to change. But do you think it'll actually change? Or the training? for the police? Or do you think it'll just wait till everything dies down and it'll be back to business as usual? Are you really asking this question? Yeah. Ask your question again. Make sure I understand your question. Do you think with all this that's going on and the calls for change for training that the police will then change how they're trained or training their police officers or do you think they will wait until everything calms down and go back to business as usual okay if people in their different localities do something to their police department some of them are changing how they fund. Some of them are looking at the leadership and removing people or whatever. Okay, all those things. If those things are happening, then I believe, like Camden is a good, uh, good thing. They, they, they fired their entire police force. And then they had to be hired back. So that means, and the guy said, now the police force looks, it's now more minorities in the police force than white folks. So, okay, that's going to change yeah. the police force. That's going to change how they do. Now, it doesn't mean that they ain't going to start dogging and be cracking niggas' heads. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But it has the potential for more immediate change. But in places where they think it's wrong to change, yeah, remember, I mean, you're talking about every individual city. Yeah. Right? Every sheriff department, every uh, county mm -hmm. department, because in some places it's the county that is doing the policing. I mean, they're all going to be different, and they're all going to have to be dealt with differently. So, are they going to go back to business as usual? Yeah, most of them probably will, I think. I mean, they have no reason to change if they have no reason to change. Yeah. No. Now, if they start watching the heads roll and they start seeing their 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 more radical buddies not being allowed to be in that profession anymore and they can't move, because that's the other thing is the idea of them right. moving, you know, doing something wrong in this place and then moving to another place. And there was no database to say, you know, anything. I mean, basically they got to treat police officers like sex offenders. Yeah. Which makes sense. I don't understand. I mean, if you were, I mean, they would be 
Federally, they would be tracking everyone wherever they were. The Catholic Church has now got to track priests. Why can't they track regular police officers? Just put them in a database and say you worked in Philly and now you want to work somewhere else? Let's look at your... We should be able to look at your record. Yep. They do it with students. They do it with everybody. They do it with students. They do it with teachers. Yep. You know, so I don't get I don't get why that's such a big deal, but it's probably a big deal. The same reason that it's a big deal for priests. They did some shit, and that's why they're moving, and so right. now they were not going to be able to go to the next place. Yep. So, I, I should... Will things change? I don't think so. Could they? In this moment, it's a good time to make a change? Yes, absolutely. Now you have the... You have the people behind change. But the other side of this is we have to change what police policing means. Yes. And that's, I think, what needs to be addressed more than anything is the idea of looking at policing and go, do we want a police officer to respond to this thing? Or do we need an ambulance to respond to this thing? See, we've made that determination already yeah. for some things, but now maybe we need to be looking at it going, maybe we need a social worker to respond to this yes. and not a police officer to respond to this. Yep. Maybe when we send a police officer, we're getting negative outcomes because it's a police officer, not because the person, they don't really understand what they're walking into. So for the police officer, maybe that's a threat as opposed to the social worker that sees it as an opportunity to have a conversation. Right. That's just a, it's a difference in how they look at the world in their job. Why do we send police officers for welfare checks and not doctors? Or, or, um, um. Welfare checks? Yeah, like, the reason they found my parents were dead was because someone had called and said, hey, we need you to do a welfare check on this. Oh, 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 that, that's why, not a welfare check. Why, why are they not sending paramedics? Why are they sending police officers? Yes, but that's because they're the ones riding around. They're the ones that are out there riding around. And it's easier. I mean, you're talking about a very, 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 very small place. Who well, else is out there riding around? No, 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 no. Nobody. This is something that happens in every city no, no, all no, across no. the country. No, there are social workers that are in, depending on the city and depending on how that system is funded, there could be social workers out be. riding around. But generally, if, say somebody calls and says at <laughs> 8 o'clock at night, can you please go and check and see if this person is okay? I haven't been able to get a hold of them and they have blah, blah, blah. It's the police who go. It's the police who go now because that's the system right. we've but set that's up. what I'm but saying. My point is, depending on the city and how those social services are funded, they might have people that are, one, in the neighborhood already. But also, they, they can go. But the problem is, we're not funding the social worker right. the way we're funding the police. Right. So if I'm paying... As a city, if I'm paying for the for a lot for police, I'm gonna put more on their plate to go take care of. Yeah. Yeah. Why would police be called for a wellness check? They shouldn't be. But what happens when you have domestic a domestic dispute? Should police be called at all? Because as soon as they hit the door, it's now escalated and it's now a much more negative yeah. thing than if just a regular person 
Yeah. But see, the problem is, the regular person comes, and the person that's doing the brutalizing inside the house is not going to respect them. Right. They have no gun in there, but they are no threat. See, it's, 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 this is social yeah. problem, but we're fixing it with now overwhelming force in sending a police officer. Yeah. And and it's like if they had to take if they had to remove a child from a household, that's why they send police. Because they couldn't send a, a social worker. They send a social worker and then the person gets there and says, I'm here to take your child. They just either beat them, beat them senseless, or pull a gun on them or whatever, and they run them away, and then now you're sending them back with police. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe maybe some situation should be tagged. Yes, but that's the problem. That is the problem. And the police shouldn't even be allowed to speak. Right, maybe they don't even know they're there. They're just sitting in the car waiting for something to happen. But the car itself is yeah, traumatic. It's all, it's well, all... Maybe it's not just like a police car. They're, it's like a... All I'm telling you is, it doesn't matter. If you bring somebody there to the house with a gun on them, it's it's over. Yeah. You've now escalated it, and you've, you've now pissed off the people on the inside more than if they were just having a conversation. Yeah. And they're already going to be upset because you're taking a child away or you're doing this thing yeah. or whatever. You know, the man that's beating up on the woman, the woman called someone to help her. Now they're, you're removing the wife, girlfriend, from the, from the uh, apartment because that's what they were doing. They were arresting the guy. Remember? Yep. They would just arrest the guy, take the guy away, and then the woman could be removed safely. She could go to the the, the the homes for battered women and all that stuff under cover of darkness so that that guy doesn't know they, where they are. Right. But they had to remove the guy first and they had to use guns and overwhelming force in order to do it. Even just the sight of overwhelming force. Okay, first. Before we continue, what's the smell? Paint from next door. Because it's getting in the throat. It's paint. It's, um... They have to be painting a motorcycle or something. That's the paint I smell. It's auto paint. It's strong. I grew up as, as the daughter of a mechanic. I'm well aware of what that smells like. Alright, so what else you got? A fly with them. Um. This week I was talking to my best friend and she was saying, I asked her why she wasn't taking her break in the break room. Because the last few times she's called me on her break, she's in the main part of the store. And she said, I can't go in there because if the news is on, which they usually have the news on, she's like, all the racist conversations, I can't deal with them. These people, she can't. Because these people she's worked with, some of them, you know, 10, 15 years, and she considers them her friends, but they are all making really horrid, racist, nasty com- or comments about what's going on with the protests and Black Lives Matter and the, the people who have been murdered by the police, and she said she just can't, you know, she has to keep her job, so she can't be in the room with them. She said her friend was up there getting her lunch from the refrigerator and she could hear them talking about uh, what was going on and all these nasty racist comments and her friend was livid. She said she was so angry she was shaking 
She's like, how am I supposed to maintain friendships with these people? And I said, why do you have to maintain friendships with these people? These aren't your friends and they've never been your friends. Come on, Cole. Yeah. I'm like, why do you have to even speak with them? Why do you have to... She's like, well, they threw me a baby shower. Okay. They threw you a baby shower. So what? You don't owe them anything. Why do you feel like you owe them when they're talking about your child? Really? They're talking about you. They're talking about your child. They're talking about your partner. They're talking about your family members. Every time they make these comments and have these conversations with you in the room or without, with knowing that you're there in the building even. Why do you think that they are your friends? And she just couldn't, she couldn't articulate it. She was so, and I, I think, I said to her, I think this is why living where you've always lived and never seeing outside of your bubble, bubble is so inherently dangerous. Can be, yes, of course. It's, so what's your, what's your point? It, she was to ask me, what do I do? How do I do this? And I said, I don't know because I can't. I, what? How does she continue to maintain relationships with these people? And I said to her, I, I can't do it. So I don't know how you do it. No, I don't understand. You're talking about coworkers. But these There's are people no that she. relationship to maintain. These are people that she has gone to their homes or they've gone out well, to lunch or blah, to, blah, blah, blah. Does she have to continue doing those things? I don't think so. Well, I wouldn't. Say that you have to so do why does she have to maintain a relationship with her co-workers outside of work? I don't know. She she's trying to she's trying to understand how she deals with this. And I'm I just looked at her and I said, I don't know how you deal with it. This is something you have to deal with. You have to make these choices. Are you going to continue to go to dinner or go hang out or go shopping or something with someone you know is racist? And they, they, you know how they feel about she you. She does understand that she's not part of the community that she lives in. I think she's known that for a very long time. You sure? Yeah, she was the only, the only Mexican family in our entire village. Yeah, I know, but just she's because she was it. the only, black folks run into this all the time. Shit, I did when I was little. You, you're the only one. You don't get another view. You don't get it. So yeah. you feel like you're part of it until some little motherfucker calls you nigger. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not part of this group. Which happened? I'll put his ass in there. But anyway, I'm just, you know what I mean? A lot of people think they're a part of the group until the group shows they are not. You're not part of it. You know, it's like what I was talking about uh, earlier on Facebook. And, you know, I didn't get called Yankee until I went to Black Tuskegee University. <laughs> that was the first time anybody ever called me a Yankee. I was never, it was never, uh, understand that motherfuckers in the North don't ever call people Yankee. Never. But understand that I, that wasn't a thing that I, that was even thought about. But it wasn't until I went Alabama that all of a sudden it was this is our line of demarcation you are not from here you're from 
the North, you are a Yankee. You are outside of us. You eat your grits with sugar. Nuh-uh. You do not do that. Of course I did. I'm no. Slow. Karen, you do understand that it wasn't a big deal for us where we were. That's a that that whole argument, which I've been having on Facebook, that whole argument is only because this is how your family did this thing, which is not any different than any other thing that we do. Your family made a choice to do something one way because of the culture they came from. You take another family that does the similar thing, but in a different way in the wherever they're from, and the two sides are looking at each other going, you're doing it wrong. How's that different than Civil War? How's that different than fighting over slavery, which I don't, I am not 100% on board with the Civil War in the United States was ever fought over just slavery, but it was fought over culture. And it was one side saying, this is what culture should be for, for America, and the other side saying, no, it should stay the way it is, and that was it. Now, granted, the one side saying it should stay the way it is, is part of that culture was slavery. Should be subjugated so that we can make lots of money. Okay, I get it. But you're still talking about culture. You're still talking about how we do what we do. And I, I was able, I was able to see the good and the benefit of, say, trying and then being able to eat grits a different way. But that's only because I went there. I went to that place, physically left where I was, and went to a new place. Whereas the people that were there, they haven't done that yet. Yeah. So they're still saying that you're gonna do this thing the one way. It's like, no. There's lots of ways to do this. And if you go across the country, I'm sure if we go to California or go to go other parts of the country, Going to the Midwest, going to the Midwest is crazy because they're going to have a little bit of everything yeah. just because their people come from all these different places. Yep. Then all of a sudden, grits are cream of wheat. No. Which makes them sugary cream as of opposed wheat to. Wheat is cream of wheat. Grits are served with butter and salt and pepper. Like I said, Everybody has their thing. They thrown in the trash because they're horrifying and disgusting. You're crazy. But oh, I just had this conversation with my sister-in-law this week because um, she was she had posted something about a woman in the village had made some really nasty racist converse, or comments publicly. Oh, for two. And people were outside of her house calling her names and basically protesting in front of this woman's house. I don't know why. Um, but my sister-in-law had said that the woman was just a nasty person in general and then she made these public uh, racist remarks. And my niece was walking past as someone drove by and uh, yelled, fucking bitch! And my niece thought it was her. And um, my sister-in-law had said something about, you know, I try to teach my kids not to be racist and blah 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 and accepting 
And that's why we had to sit back like, well, that's not happening. Because my niece says things when we're talking that are so racist and so bigoted and so narrow-minded and so offensive. But she doesn't ever mean it in that way. She just has never experienced anything outside of that village where all the people look like her and all the people think like, you know, she's being taught to think. And so I had to have a conversation with my sister-in-law privately saying, listen, you've got to get them out of there. You've got to travel more. You've got to get, you know, Disneyland isn't the only place that, or Disney World, whatever one is in Florida. World. World. That's not the only place to see diversity. You've got to take them other places. Get them out of, of the village because this is what she's growing up seeing, thinking it's acceptable. Like the village. And <laughs> like the village. I said, when I left the village and moved to Grand Rapids, now our village is less than a thousand people. And everybody knows everybody and everyone knows everyone's business. It's just how it is when you live in a place like that. But I moved to Grand Rapids and for me, it was a huge culture shock. It was, Erin laughs at me all the time because I say it was such a big city, but it had a hundred and something thousand people. And I had, I came from a place with less than a thousand people. And so it really was, it was a huge culture shock. The things that I saw and things that I did and things that I had never seen, it really changed me as a person. Within the six, first six months, I was different. Okay. But getting... But you're talking about you. I'm talking... No, but it's only because I moved. It's only because I was ex- exposed but you to can other be, things. you can move and still be bigoted. You can oh, move yeah. and still be discriminatory. Yes. You can move and still be racist. Yes. So what is moving you have to get outside of your bubble and experience more diverse areas, more diverse things. See more, do more, experience more, and hopefully you'll grow as a person. I mean, that's nice. It's not if you grow into a worse person. It's not true. Because so many people, so many people move and they just take all of their baggage with them and then they set up home, set up shop, and they continue on doing what they do thought, felt, believed as they did before. Take a redneck and take him to China. The, oh, don't you think Lord. there's still going to be a redneck in China? Yeah. You think they're going to adapt and change and see the benefit of of Buddhism and Confucianism and Taoism? No, really? No. no. Well, okay. So I, mean, just, we, we I worked, don't think moving is enough. We worked with those point. guys. I don't think moving is enough. I think that people need to have their eyes open to the world around them and understand that there's a worth in knowing about that world and then then the experience has a meaning like oh there is another way to to deal with this there's oh there oh you, you can cook a duck that way oh, you know what i mean cook the you duck can do that way. <laughs> it tastes different and Maybe I like it, maybe I don't, but I understand it. Right. And I can accept the fact that that's what they do here. And then 
move on to the next yeah. thing. You know, oh, maybe I, you know, I, I just want a lobster. Well, which one do you want? I don't want to choose the one that's going to die. I just want a lobster. Well, can't you choose? No, no, no. You got to choose your lobster. Right. It's swimming right over there in that tank. So you walk over there and pick the one you want. They'll take it out and you go get or you say I want frog for dinner and you know, they go I mean, over but that's, to the, the pot that's sitting over here and is this one okay? I mean that I think as Americans we are not taught and this goes down to the thing that pisses me off every time I hear Rachel Maddow say it is you know the, the great state of and then <laughs> or the great city of right and it's like, I'm sorry, but every city in the United States is not great. Every state is absolutely not great. I understand the idea that if I call every state great, that makes the United States great. It's not great. We're finding that out. And black folks have been telling people this, screaming from the mountaintops. It's not great. But this idea that it's gotta be great. That's what I call patriotism. It's like, no, I'm sorry. If you're gonna be patriotic, you're gonna see the real place. The, the, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And then you're going to either work to try to fix those things or whatever. That's patriotism. The, just trying to say that every place is good. You know, really, you wanna call Ferguson, Missouri good? It's not. <laughs> Shit, St. Louis ain't even good, you know? But you'd have to go there to find out that it's not good, you know? R you know, riding around parts of Michigan. I mean, Michigan has an actual city called hell. I yeah, mean, come been on there at pictures. You know? I mean, it's not every not every place is the best place, and, and the United States of America is absolutely not the best place in the world. And... It's a work. It should be a work in progress, but we should acknowledge the fact that it's a work in progress, and then work. You know, that's what needs to happen. And yeah. That's if people people think like if I'm if I'm from Georgia, and I think Georgia is the best place on the planet, and I keep getting that reinforced everywhere I go. Why would I ever try to make it better? I'm just going to accept the fact that it's already good. Right. And everybody is trying to come to the United States because, of course, the United States is better than all the other places in the world. So then I'm never going to look at look at what's happening in the U.S., in my city, in my state. I'm never going to be looking at any of those things as needing to improve. Right. When really our mandate as citizens is to make it improve. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's our patriotism. So it's not enough. It's not enough to just go to another place. This is where school meets this problem. Because, you know, like somebody um, posted today, you know, the idea of of Native peoples in the Americas owning slaves, Africans as slaves, and then 
black folks owning slaves. It's like, these are stories that are not really told and people don't really know about it, but it's like, yeah, the first people, to, the first black folks to come to the Americas were not slaves. They were free people or indentured servants and they were able to buy their freedom and then they were able to buy slaves. Right. Um, my people act like that doesn't, that didn't happen. It's like, but the historians know, why don't you? My, my friend's nephew had commented on something I posted about um, watching documentaries and learning history and blah, blah, blah. And he, he said something about, well, who were the first slaves in America? And I said, I'm assuming you're talking about the colonies and not the country. Because the child's 14. And he tried to, to explain to me that um, the Irish were the first slaves in the country, like on in, in the colonies. And I was like, no, honey. <laughs> they were called indentured servants, and they could buy their freedom. They worked for a certain amount of time, and then they were free to go. They weren't slaves. But this child is being taught by his black mother and his white stepfather that he is white and that all black, uh, the slavery didn't happen. This is a young man in the South. Sometimes I wonder if those people are just trying to do like a social experiment. I wish she was that smart. Because how can you be that freaking stupid? Well, how no. can you well, deny no, no, something no, no, that no, went no. on for that and long? No, uh, because they can that's it's what we call rewriting history. They denied the, the, the Holocaust happened. They exactly. They denied the Holocaust. They denied the that that people were stolen or sold from Africa and put on boats and brought to the Americas against their will. That story. Wait, they're saying they. They say they immigrated. They were kidnapped. Okay, so the, and that's in the history books. Because the thing that, the immigrated thing was in the history book that I still had from Tuskegee. In my world history book, it said that. And that idea of they came to America for better jobs. What? Jobs to begin with. Well, how do you know? If they were... You're telling me that an African person did not have a job back in Africa? Not the same kind of job. What, what? No, no, no. Job. Tell me they didn't have jobs in their communities. No, they're going down a road that you don't want to go down. That's what I'm saying. Of course they did. There were some people who took care of the cattle. There's some people that raised the plants. There are some people that took care of the children. There are some people that got water. There, I mean, they, they had a whole community of people. Medicine. They had to have right. They had to have doctors. They had to have. They probably had to have lawyers, people to settle disputes between people. They had to have all of those jobs. You had to have someone to be the head of the community. Yep. Midwives. Just because they didn't, their their jobs didn't look the Teachers. same as they do now, it doesn't mean that they weren't there. But There's always also, been. That also means that they wouldn't. For a better job. For a better job. They were Why? Far. Why? Maybe they, they did. take care of different cattle? No, they, they just need to, you know. America was better. Even though America, of course, at this time does not exist. Yeah, no. Right. 
But also. But that's how, that's irrelevant. Also, that doesn't matter. Also, how would they know? Wait, it's I not mean, like they got the interwebs. They didn't travel. Well, they saw the much. people come up on the beach. They know that. But they, they, they know that know where they, they were from. They know that they have all these trinkets and things, and they got money apparently. So, I'm, we're going with them because their life would must those, be better. I mean, look, they came all the way here from wherever they came from. But would those people? They wouldn't even have like the same concept of. There, gold. Gold is gold is kind of universal, unfortunately. <laughs> they got gold. They know what gold is. And yeah, the the people in West Africa, yeah, they had old cultures that had a whole lots of gold. Remember, Matsumusa was able to what destroy the value of gold in Egypt <laughs> by himself. Alright. What else you got? What My last thing. Um, I've seen this on, on Facebook several times this week. Uh, influencers on Instagram and YouTube. White influencers. Uh, especially the ones who do like makeup tutorials or whatever. They are doing blackface to show support for Black Lives Matter. Now, the article that I read... Okay, I think you need to stop saying that. Well, this because is... Because that is not what they're, they're doing. Not, this is not what they're doing, but this is what they're being accused of doing. And a lot of, especially a lot of the black women that I'm friends with, they are furious. Because the, the headline of the article says, influencers uh, doing blackface in support of Black Lives Matter... But then they never bother to read. Nobody reads these articles they share over and over and over. And what it was, was an image of this white woman who had done half of her face in a darker uh, foundation than the other half of her face. And she did it. It was a very artistic line between the two. But the reason why the, the woman did it was to say... We are all the same. We all have the same. We're all we're people. Treat us like people. And it wasn't to make fun of. It wasn't to disparage. It wasn't for personal gain. It was to say, look, we're people. Doesn't matter our skin color. We are people, and we all need to be treated equally. But instead of taking the literally the three minutes it took to read the article, they see the headline that says influencers are doing blackface to support show support for Black Lives Matter and they get angry. I'm kind of torn in this because I understand what the influencers are trying to do but I don't know if the influencers understood how it would be perceived in the black community. Problem is like, especially makeup artists, they shouldn't have done anything. Why? Because it's always how would you show support for Black Lives Matter as a non-black person and a makeup artist? Where else does your mind go? How else would you do that? Write it on your face? 
I mean, they, they have, yes. But other than writing words on your body, how else are you going to do that? And if well, you make you yourself look you black, everybody's like, going to say you do it like you're this and face. give yourself a big afro and make your skin look brown. Yeah, then that's the same problem. You're going to have the same reaction to it. Yes, they are. If you're not going to get around... Um, Literally, Literally, everybody wants to be black head. until the cops got the gun out. Okay. One thing I've been stop, seeing... Stop, stop trying to be black. Yeah. Um, be good at being white. Because <laughs> you ain't going to be black. I mean, there's a whole idea of... Black. If you would like to read about this, you can read about it in a book called Black Like Me, where a white man goes and literally becomes black and then goes places as a black man read that book there's if you don't like to read there are actually don't like to read read damn it i'm an english teacher read that yeah there are there are videos of that same experiment yeah but and the reverse he didn't take it off often the guy who does Lives it. It's it's the only ex, the only the only thing that I know of where somebody actually lives as a black person for a time. But understand that I guess this is the problem I think that that Malcolm dealt with. How do you deal with white folks who want to be a positive influence inside of a movement? Excuse me, but. You know, just by their very presence, they're going to be a negative influence. Right. They don't have to say anything or do anything, but the fact that they're there, all of a sudden, in, in some ways, it may delegitimize what you're trying to do. Um, uh, like our friend, just just by being married to a white person, all of a sudden, you have no voice. Um, yeah. I mean, there are all these other things that people throw into this that really don't matter. I mean, honestly... If we're marching from here to there, which, trust me, I'm not big on marching, but let's say we're marching from here to there. I want people to yell and scream and bring attention to the thing that we're there to bring attention to. Right. And I want as many people as I can get. And it's not going to be all black folks when it comes to Black Lives Matter. It's going to be uh, uh, as many other people of all different ethnicities so that we can show that there are people in all of these groups that believe the same thing we believe. Why don't you? Right. But the problem is people want to help and be a part of something, but then they do something where like, this one picture I have in front of me from the story you're talking about, where this girl is in blackface. Yes. And then all of a sudden, it's like, that does not say what you want it to say right. because there's a lot of cultural historical baggage that comes with that. Now the picture of the, I think it's a woman. Yeah. Who's put a line down the middle of her body. Now that's something, now you're trying to say something different. Yes. Now you're talking about universality. But just to cover your all your skin 
and put on an afro. Blackface, then you're not doing the same thing. So now we're talking about like how you get your message across. What is it that you're trying to say and how do you depict it? Some things are gonna be received well, the other things are not. Right. And there are black people that look like Europeans. That's the thing, no, no. Look like Europeans. Black folks that have European features. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And there are dark-skinned people in like India that have long straight hair. That that I don't think people understand that black folks in the world look like everybody. Yes. You see, so you don't really have to change anything. You, now you have to say and do what makes sense for that particular movement. If you're talking about women, if you're talking about uh, black folks in America, if you're talking about black folks worldwide, if you're talking about um, whatever your particular issue happens to be, that's the thing that basically it's it's going to be in writing and it's going to be in speaking. It's not going to be in what you wear. Because if you try to make it about skin color, black folks go from his skin color yeah. to the darkest, like my shirt skin color. There is no, there is no, there is no limiting of the range of skin colors for black people. And, and I think that, this is where we start talking about colorism. Right. Which is not racism and is not discrimination. And it's not any other. Colorism is a whole nother thing. And I think we have to, we have to start being a little more honest about this because inside of black folks, we've got colorism. Yes. You see? I don't know if there are uh, the only the only white folks I know, people that consider themselves white, white folks that get thrown under the bus for colorism is Sicilians. Ah, uh, my family. You know, but, well, you don't seem to have that gene. I have the, the dark, Irish, the Scottish, dark, British the gene. Dark Italians. My they're mother, the ones, my mother would get darker than. Yes, but that they're the ones that the and Spanish. They're the ones that everybody looks at and goes, uh, you're European, yes, sort of, but you're not really all that white. Yeah. Jews get this a lot. Yeah. You're not white. Well, there's a there's a um there's a drag queen that I absolutely love and she But she calls herself white all the time, but she also says I'm white Jewish. And I've never heard that before. I have and she was the first person I'd ever heard. That's where I get the Jufo from. But she's the first person I'd ever heard to say, I'm a white Jewish blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but how are you white if you're Jewish? But man, but isn't because Jewish they were, a religion? You can be white and No, Jewish, Jewish is an not, ethnicity. But if you're... Because it follows the mother and that it becomes an ethnicity. It's not merely a religion and the religion is Judaism not Jewish doesn't that have to go back to Israel it is your understanding go back
right. You know, I mean, your family, like a parent or a grandparent, moms, grandma, it's all mothers. What if that isn't a thing? I don't understand your question at all. <laughs> Speak to if, the people. If <laughs> if none if, of the, if none of, none of the people in your family go back to Israel at some point. Stop saying going back to Israel. Going back to Israel is not the, the defining characteristic. Then what is? Being Jewish. But your mother being Jewish. Jewish. Making you Jewish. But if your mother and your father aren't Jewish, then you're not Jewish. And you follow the religion of That's a religion choice. That's a that's a Sammy Davis Jr. So can you be white Jones. and Jewish? Well sure. Well, can you follow the religion? But not be part of the ethnic group? Sure. But that's like I said, that's what Sammy Davis should still say that you are Jewish then. Yeah, religion. The religion. That would be like saying you're Christian. Or you're Muslim. Or you're Hindu. Or you're Jain. I don't know what that would be. Jain? Jainism? What? You don't know what Jainism is? Oh, you should look that up. Uh-huh. Jainism is the other. You have Buddhism, Hinduism, and Jainism in India. And Jainism is a whole its own its own thing, its own religion. Um, ahimsa is a big deal in Jainism. Brahmanism. Instead of Israel, you could say Middle East. No. That's what it says. What are you talking about? The uh, the ethnic group that is considered Jews. The Jewish are from the Middle East in the second millennium. Yeah, but you're okay, but there. I don't think there are. There's a Jewish. Jewish ethnicity outside of its religion. The, the people you're talking about are the people that go back to the people that were uh, liberated from Egypt. This says, you're talking about a specific group of people. This says Jews originated as an ethnic and religious group in the Middle East during the second millennium BC. That's nice, but you're really only talking about a very, very specific people. Held in captivity in Egypt, wandering around the the sand, Ten Commandments, you know all that stuff. Those I know all people, that stuff. I've seen the movie. Those people, very specific, very specific, because there's a whole lot of other people around, and they're avoiding them and fighting against them and the whole nine, and then getting captured and being held in captivity. So. I, I, all I'm saying is, I guess the, this thing with, I, I guess there's this big thing about blackface and, and you guys can go and, and watch Bamboozle and try to understand your feelings with blackface and where it comes from and why it exists. Well, I think that's part of the problem with the influencers is that they're doing this thing without 
any historical reference. They don't know where it comes from. They don't know why it's young. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're young. They have the internets just like we do. We but see, that's just it. I, they I could look this shit up. Am I going to cause... In your schools, did you ever get taught about minstrelsy? No, only, it was in your movies. Only reason I, I learned about that was because I took theater classes. I was in plays and... But not in your regular, like, history classes. No. But it's part of American history. Very much a part of American history when it comes to entertainment, yeah. media, uh... Uh, like the Ringling Brothers, the Barnum and Bailey, the all of the stuff of how do we um, consume entertainment? What's being, what is entertaining? You know, from King Kong, which is racist, all the way through. I mean, all of the different ideas we took as this is just a film. But no, it really wasn't. It wasn't. You know, the, the, like, hairy, the hairy lady that had the beard. Yeah. And, you know, th these were groups of people that were being exploited. I saw a thing, um, what was it, a couple days ago, where a guy that, when when the, oh, it was yesterday. Yeah, the, the, the God thing. Oh, no, no, it was the volcano thing. The volcano yeah. thing. Sorry. Um, the where you know one guy who was a prisoner in a solitary cell survives the pyroclastic flow from this exploding volcano, and he's now Pele, right? I think so. Yeah, it was Pele. And he's now in as entertainment. Yeah. For people in the U.S. as a survivor of that thing. Yeah. I mean, he was badly. Burned on his back, but he was the sole survivor in the entire volcano eruption. So I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess I think we need to be honest. I think and that's the biggest in thing. How right you here. teach the history? Yeah, we're not being we're not being taught in honesty in our history. We're constantly trying to cover it up and make it more palatable. When the truth is, it's mostly just violent and ugly and horrid and just ridiculously offensive to but us now. Be, but it could be all the opposites of those things. It could be. That's not. That's not. That's not the only history. I know. Uh, see, the problem is. I, are, I think the problem is people are doing exactly what you just did. They are picking the side that they want to tell to promote their version of what should be told as, as opposed to just telling the whole thing. Well, I remember when we were in Thailand and I was teaching world history and or I was teaching American history and we got to a point where we had to talk about the bombing of Japan and the students were really, especially the Asian students, were really surprised that I was so against, that I, I didn't say, oh, this was a good thing that we did this. I've talked about the horrors of what happened and how it's we've never done it again and, and no one should ever do it again and blah, blah, blah. But 
when we had our class discussion about the text, the, t- the students were really surprised that I didn't agree that this should have been done, that this was okay to do to people. And I just, I remember thinking, why would I as a teacher try to put a positive spin on that? Why wouldn't I just say, these are the facts. This is what happened. This is how I feel about it, but these are the facts of the situation. Why would I try to sugarcoat it? It doesn't help well, these what, kids. Okay, but we, at that time, we were in Asia, and that's exactly what they do with all of their history. Yeah, every I, every I Asian culture does that with their history if it is going to make their country look bad. I got in trouble for teaching about Pearl Harbor because the Japanese mother didn't like that I said that all these American soldiers were killed in their sleep on ships. And the Japanese student went home and said, Mom, why did did we do this? And she said, oh, we didn't. We sent them a note saying that we were going to bomb you at this time and this day. And so everybody- Why did you send a note? Everybody was removed. And I'm like, how did they send a note? What would be the point of bombing? Right. If you're, gonna, just if you're gonna warn everything. people, yeah. Why would you send a note? Because if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna attack you on the sneak tip, I'm not gonna tell you first. Right. It's like that's just psycho. It's like, hey, I don't like you. Oh. Dude. It's like, hey, I don't like over you. Over three, man. Over three. I'm gonna shoot you tomorrow at two o'clock. Right here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like no one does that. I'm sorry that that. I think what that mother was showing you was I'm always going to say the best about my country. Yeah. I'm gonna even though it was a hard it was a horrible event, but I'm gonna put the best best version that I can come up with about that event. Because honestly, I don't think that the Japanese I think I don't think the Japanese were wrong in bombing Pearl Harbor. They saw it as a threat. They knew that they could be preemptive. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, it's almost like, should the should the little guy hit the big guy when the big guy's not looking? Right, should he clip him in the back of the knee? We can talk about, as a tactic, was it smart to do? Because then exactly what they said was going to happen after doing it, happened. They awoke the sleeping giant. They awoke this thing that if they would have, because America was not getting into the war. Right. So it was like, why would you attack them when they were just going to sit on the sidelines and keep sending money and armament and that kind of yeah. stuff? If we leave them alone. Don't start none. They they don't get into it, but we attack them and now we give them a reason to get into it. So public sentiment at the time was not for getting into that war. Right. You know, that's the thing. So I think the calculation to attack first was not so smart because if you don't attack, they may never get into this war because it was seen as a European war. It wasn't a war for the U.S. because the U.S. had agreed anything that happens over there stays over there. Anything happens over here stays over here. You got, it's called the Monroe Doctrine. You keep that, keep your shit over there, keep our shit over here, and and we'll move on. And that's exactly what happened. 
and they, they, there was a groundswell of people saying, we need to get in, we need to help Europe, we need to help them as our allies or as our friends, because I don't think they were allies yet. But, so, we can argue that, but, did it happen? Did, I mean, the honesty of, were people asleep when they were being attacked? Well, of course. Yeah. Did, were they told beforehand? Hell no. Well, and I, Why would you do that? That's not a, that's like, that's like, uh, you know what? I'm going to take you through this door before we get in there. They're going to all yell surprise because it's your birthday. Yeah. Why would you do that? You don't. The surprise is gone. So. We have to be more honest about our history. I think today you guys are going to be watching that bamboozled, so you must be. I am not watching that again. Why not? No. What's wrong with you? No. You can't tell people to be honest. I have seen it. So you should see it again. This is a perfect time to watch bamboozled. And yeah. one angry. If you haven't seen one angry black man yet, damn sure need to see that. Because it's a hundred percent time. But which is kind of weird because it was me. Two years, Two years ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's super timely, and this is just when it happened to come out on streaming and all the services, which is kind of weird. Except for Amazon, they are not out on Amazon yet. Amazon has made a mistake and they are trying to. If you want to understand minstrelsy and blackface, that's not in a, a documentary, because of course you can see it in documentaries. Uh, Mo Funny is a good place to, if you want to see what what that was like inside of comedy. Uh, but that Boozled is a good place for understanding it, because we get some of that. They give, a, they give you some history in, in Bamboozled, but it's a... It's Spike, man. Spike been, Spike been, not really, Spike oh, been banging people's heads against the wall for years. Y'all need to be listening. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you've seen it and it was years ago, watch it again. Spike. Get your spike on. All right, what else you got? That's it. That's all I have. I have nothing else. You have nothing. anything, yes, sir? stop doing what you're doing? No. I think you should continue, like, like for example, you were doing Thick Thursday. Should you 
stop doing Thick Thursday? Should your Thick Thursday be a... Uh, should your Thick Thursday reflect what's going on in the news or should it be outside of that? And like when I did my photos, I was thinking about that over this week and last week. You know, I do my daily photo and should I be taking photos of things that are going to make people feel one way or the other about the issues of, of the day? But that's not why I was taking the photos originally. Right. So, not necessarily. You know, maybe that's what this is for. Is for, you know, getting those ideas and feelings out. But in the photos, why can't it just be photos? Why can't it just be what I've already, already been doing? I don't think it's necessarily a good thing to stop your art, your thing, because of the news of the day. Now, some you, you some people still want to have that escape after all of the news of the day. Potentially, yeah. There is that too. Like, would Chris Ramsey stop doing cardistry? Right. Or stop doing magic? Right. No, no. I don't think you should. I think you should do whatever it is that you are, that you do. Now, maybe you have personal feelings that you want to get out, and you already have a platform to get it out, then get it out. Now, but that doesn't mean you should stop doing the other stuff. One of, the, one of the YouTubers that I watch constantly, um, she she did a thing, she hasn't stopped posting, but what she is doing is highlight because she's a makeup person, she's highlighting black owned makeup companies as part of her tutorials. She's saying, I'm doing this with all this company's products and then not, I'm gonna, here are some more companies who make these products and blah, blah, blah. So that's how she's, you know, keep doing her job, but making it relevant to what's going on. I guess my thing is... But she also does that even when gonna, before this. If you're going to really be, be about it, that it's not it's not a one-week thing or a two-week thing. It's a thing. Like, like right now, we're going to go to Poland. Are we going to be able to buy anything black-owned? Well, I'm going to continue to support the, the Yeah, I understand that a lot of things that people buy that they think are black-owned are not black-owned. Black owned. So, like, and, and okay, if, you don't, so, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go find uh, the episode where Killer Mike goes in... I guess he stayed in Georgia the whole time. <laughs> and he went and trying to find, just walking down the street, trying to find, like, I'll do it 24 hours of just black-owned everything he needed in that 24 yeah. hours because he could barely find food well so keep that in mind that that issue is still an issue it's not you can't take it for granted that if you if you can buy a thing you know like where's the black owned bug maker right if i start taking away everything that's even just in front of us we have nothing that's in front of us that's black owned no okay so keep that in mind. I mean, and probably nothing around us that's black on. Um. Very little. Very anything. Well, you got sage. I have my sage. Because, sorry, someone had posted it. Fight infection. In one of our groups. Um, so we can't take a shower. Where, where do I buy, um, black, where, where can I go to like a black owned business to buy the, the metaphysical things that I need. And I said, oh, 
this is where I go. I go to this person. She grows her own sage. She grows her own loofahs, blah, blah, blah. This is where I go. And I said, she ships all over the country, whatever. World. She's chatting to me wherever I am. So, then the next person down was like, well, is there anyone local? Because now this person has moved from Grand Rapids to Texas, but it's you can get it in like two, three days. It's not a big deal. And so now they start talking about going to these metaphysical shops for their sage, but they're all white owned and they import the sage from other places that are not local. So you're paying more. Their process, it's just, it was crazy to me. Like, you just asked, where can you get this product from a black-owned business? And she literally makes it herself, grows it herself, and makes the, the bundles herself. But you want something faster than two or three days, and you're going to pay more for it. It's going to be a lower quality, but you can get it now. But you wanted to but support a black always, business. But we well, that's a problem of the, the consumer in America. We always will choose convenience and now over all the other considerations. Yeah. A couple of days and more, my better call. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely go for now. It's just sad. Almost. Stop, play, stop paying with service to, I want to... I want to support black businesses. Where can I get the thing? And then, oh, it's going to take two or three days to get here, so never mind. Also, stop asking black business owners for a discount. I've seen this so many times this week. I just wanted to scream. So my friend makes my friend makes soap. They're all natural, handmade. She'll make them specifically for your needs. She's She makes these beautiful soaps. And I saw at least 12 people this week ask her for a discount. Give me the hookup, man. That's exactly what you they know said. You off work? Give me the hookup. It's a bar of soap, folks. You're going to go to Bath and Body Works and pay $12.50 for a bottle of shower gel. But you can't pay 6 bucks for a bar of soap that's going to last longer than that shower gel. What is wrong with you? Okay, that, that, that's just one, not understanding what you're getting. And it, no, understanding... No, it's the expectation of, oh, I'm black, you're black, you should give me the hookup. Well, there is that. But I'm, what I'm saying is, if you're getting something handmade, mm -hmm. most people, shoppers, do not understand that that thing is going to cost more because it's in smaller batches or it's one of a kind or whatever, those kinds of things, most, I would say most shoppers today really don't have much, uh, they don't have a lot of experience with dealing with those people because we've stopped uh, getting, like going to like farmers markets and, and, and markets where people are making handmade things. And those are our main things. Right. We've stopped doing that for the most part. And yeah. Everything is like the Walmart thing. Yeah. Where it's thousands of them are in the store. It's super. It's made super cheap, which means it's sold super cheap. It is cheap. Yep. Yeah. And we're, we're 
were geared towards that idea of going to Target, going to Walmart, just getting, getting, you can walk in and there it is. You just get it. Right, you don't have to do anything really for right. it. You just pick it up and go. And it's cheap. Yeah. And I've been saying, like, I really want to get into making my own candles because I truly enjoy candles, but I've noticed that the quality isn't always the best and so you get like the dark smoke or it doesn't burn evenly or blah 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 and I've been doing a lot of this research for the last couple of years <laughs> to, to keep saying I'm going to become candle and soap lady but I notice that the more things that I make the better quality it is, the better control we have over what's in it. And yes, that's the that's the idea, though. That's why so, it costs more. But it doesn't necessarily cost more. It's in small batches, so yes, it's going to cost more to the consumer. Yeah. It's going to cost more well, for all those reasons. But that's the thing with my friend's soaps. They are expensive. You're going to pay more. But you're saying it's not expensive. It's not. But is it is it more expensive for one bar? One bar versus one bar that I can go get to Walgreens. Well, are you? Is it? Isn't it more expensive? I'm not gonna buy a bar or soap at Walgreens. Isn't it more expensive? Yeah, probably. Okay then. But it's not but more. Than, remember, most people are buying cheap shit. But it's not more than that bottle of shower gel you're gonna go buy. Most people don't buy that bottle. Bullshit. Okay, you don't think you understand. Most people do not buy that shit. They yeah. got it gifted to them, and they still got the bottle in their freaking house, and they've been filling it with some refill bag okay. all this time. Okay, let me just tell you, that's me. That's <laughs> See? I worked for Bath & Body. Right. I know how much they sell. I know yes, how much people yeah, pay. You were where? Where were you? Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Where? Where was your Bath & Body store? In the mall. In the mall. Most people do not buy their soap in the mall. <laughs> That's first. So you didn't get a good sampling size of the people who buy soap. Most people in Grand Raggedy buy their soap at Meyer. And they're getting that soap that I was describing. They are not getting Bath and Body. They're getting knockoffs to that shit at Bath and Body. Do you understand? Most people do not have the money, and even the people that might have the money are still not making that choice. That's how they keep their money. They buy another soap. Good, decent soap, but not soap that bones. You know, they're not buying great shit. Why would you? Because it's on your skin. Yeah. And they were using dial. Oh, God. What are you talking no. about? They grew up with oil of Olay. Ivory. Ivory. I, I hate the smell of ivory. I'm allergic God. to ivory. <laughs> Do you understand? In bar form. And this a, is what they grew up with. And a woman should never, ever, ever use dial soap on her body. Okay, ever. it's irrelevant. You buy, you have what you can afford. It doesn't matter what you think about skin care. It's not think. It is. Most people are not making that decision. Oh, my skin and I gotta know. They're just buying another cheap ass product. So they're buying this cheap ass product here. Then they're buying the next cheap ass product over here. And then they're buying another cheap ass product. And then all of a sudden on 
their birthday, they got gifted a little basket of, of nice stuff in little teeny weeny bottles, or they went to some hotel and it had little teeny weeny bottles, and they're still using that kind of shit. Most people are not going out there to Bath and Body and buying expensive ass shit. I think you'd be surprised. No, I think you'd be surprised. Most people are not buying that as their everyday, this is what I do. The people that you know are, but the people that are just regular folks out there, hell no. Where, where are you gonna put your money? As a consumer, where are you putting your money? Maybe gas? Food, maybe? Food? And it's not high quality food, it's just food. I think you're forgetting who the American people are. Poor. They're not going to Bath and Body for all their needs and wants. The kind of shopping that we end up doing, they don't do. What do you mean we end up doing? Like we go to malls. We go to places and buy things that the 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 place where we happen to be. Yeah. They see it as special, like Bath and Body. Yeah. Like to like IKEA. Yeah, when we go to Poland, where are we going first? IKEA. I'm not. I'm so excited. I fucking like IKEA. I'm so excited. IKEA is not really a flourishment. It's really not great stuff. So I mean, understand that you, your thought process here is way skewed. I mean, like I said, most people do not buy their soap at malls. Most people don't buy their things at malls. Because malls are usually more expensive. Going to the Dollar Tree. Or you go to the big box stores. Yeah. You're buying it at Target, man. Man, I said I was going to go to Target when we go to Miami. And my friend was like, okay, you can go to Target in any country in the world. And I was like, bitch, no, you can't. I know. And she's like, yeah, you can go there. Go to the Target in Mexico. I said, honey, there's no Target in Mexico oh, no. or China what? or Thailand or Malaysia. There's no Target. Why did she think there was Target all over the world? I don't know why she thought this. Like, there are Targets in Australia and the U.S. and Canada, but I don't think they're in any other countries. And she didn't know this. Why did she assume that there was? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's, it's in your country. doesn't like mean saying it's in all fire Fire's not even in every state in the United States. But I I just was like, I was like, no, you can't. I haven't been to a Target since 2011. And she's like, but you could go to Walmart and get whatever you need. It's cheaper. And I said, I don't shop at Walmart. And Walmart isn't necessarily cheaper in outside of the United States. But she was, she was saying when we arrived in the U.S. And I said, and if I really wanted to go to a Walmart, which I don't and I won't, there's one within walking distance of where we live right now. It's just like maybe 10 minutes up the street. That doesn't mean I'm going there. I don't think they, most, like I said, most Americans do not understand that. What they can, what they do, getting in their car and just going over there and just get, that is that's not, not how a thing the that we can do. Lives. That's a, that's a very small subset of regular folks because most people go to markets. Yep. Open air, mark like the one that started COVID-19, most people go to those. For everything, the, the the big bowl, the plastic bowl, the metal bowls, the some small appliances for your kitchen. Uh, they might have pets, and then they might have spices, and then they might have all of your fresh produce, all in the same place. Your meats. 
this, I'm, I just And your fast food. I'm looking, I looked this up where, which countries have Targets. And it says there are some in Mexico, but I've never seen it. And when I look for Target Mexico, it never, ever comes up, ever. Because I shop online at Target quite frequently, and I've never seen it. It's, it's funny. We haven't lived, like, get in a car, go to a store, buy a thing, and come home. We haven't done that in many years. We didn't even do that when we went back to grandma's for those two days. It says there are 200 countries. But I, I have never seen one where we were. Well, you know, just because they're in the common... To say it's in the country is not the same as saying it's where we were. Because maybe there's one in Beijing. No, it's not no, in China. I, my point is maybe there's one in yeah. Beijing and then they can say we're in the country. Right. right. What if you don't live in fucking Beijing? Doesn't do you much good. Right, what if there's one here, but it's in the walk-up? Right. It's like, great. So so nice. Anyway. What else you got? Is that all you got? That's all I got. I'm I'm done with these people today. We'll be back with y'all. In Poland. Live under new hotlights. (laughs) How many of these? I want to get some 300. I'm actually be okay with some 120s. Yeah, some little light storms. Yeah, I, I like the little ones. That's really old. Well, see, I want the little light storms, and then I can, I can, I can put the big shade on them, and then we can have basically this. It would be like more customizable because we could These are just big giant light bulbs. You still put gels on. Put gels on. No, I'm just selling those two. Oh. Everything else is going, man. I mean, when you think about it, the light that's behind me is going to be our light until we get another. And then we have that light. So. In their stands. We still have. And and those stands will go with those lights. Yeah. There's no point in taking the stand because the stands were not very good anyway. All right. Yes. High quality cowboy studio. If you find the traveling forest you can find us on the youtube facebook pinterest itunes spotify and any place that good podcasts are sold if you like the instagram or the twitters you can find us at traveling fars if you like the email traveling fars at gmail.com she will be answering your emails and the blog space the traveling fars.blueberry.net no ease in the blueberry don't forget to check out our patreon patreon Patreon.com slash the traveling cars. Right down there. Give us your money. <laughs> we will take it. it help us much appreciate. Help us help us get those new 300 X's. We'll make you we'll make you a shirt. And I think I need a new uh, Black Magic Pocket Cinema camera. Yeah, but you can't, 6K. You can't get the the Da Vinci. You said. Oh, I'm gonna need a new computer anyway. You and me both. Yeah, your shit is exploding. Slowly exploding. It's like the the, the explosion the, that's happening in slow-mo. You can always give your, key, your computer to Keegan. Or just take Keegan's. 
well, don't take hers because she has no Nvidia anything. You wouldn't be able. No, to no, play. no. I don't want it. Oh, but the mommy. Oh would yeah, mommy, you probably need it because. Oh, so you're either people. Bye, I didn't people. say peace. Second by the people. Second by the people. Bye, people. Peace. See you in three, four, five weeks or something. You know, one of somewhere around there. Five. <laughs>